Good evening, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good evening to those in the world that are not of Christ. The theme I want to talk about, are Muslims the same family as Christians? The answer is no, they are not. Some Christians will say they are. Well, then I'll say, well, where? How can you prove that? Well, first of all, Muslims don't believe Jesus is God. John 1.1, 1, 1, John 15, John 8.58, John 2.19, and so on. Throughout the New Testament, he proclaims he's God. And that's in Genesis 1.26 as well, that he's in the beginning when the Father said, let's make them in our image. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Son and the Spirit in the image of them. So they don't believe Jesus is God. They don't believe he died on a cross. They don't believe he was buried and rose three days later because he says in John 2.19, John, John 2.19, destroy this temple and I will raise it in three days. So he rose himself, correct, being God. And... They don't believe he ascended back to heaven after 40 days to be at the right-hand side of the Father. right? So they can't be our brothers and sisters, can they? They can't be the same family. They are an abomination. They are children of Satan, heavily deceived. The other day, the Lord gave me a divine appointment where I met one in town in Newcastle. And I was sent over there. Um, I just felt the Spirit say, get yourself into Newcastle. And I'm walking around and, you know, I'm walking around and just browsing things. And I thought... You know, what am I doing here? I felt the spirit say, no, stay here. And I bumped into this guy who started the conversation at this stall, who's a Muslim. I knew he was a Muslim, but I didn't ask that. He was asking all the questions. Where are you? Where are you from? I'm a Christian preacher, evangelist, Christian evangelist, called by God. God takes care of me. I live every day by faith. He provides everything I need, my food, my bread, my water, my, my roof, my accommodation, my car, everything. He provides it. I don't worry about nothing. And he's very baffled. You could see that. He didn't understand anything because he's religious. He's, he's a child of Satan. Muslims. And this is what I want to say to most of you, that you say that most of you are evangelists. A lot of Christians say, well, we're all evangelists. No, you're not. You're all called to witness. But evangelism, you've got to be called to it. I've mentioned this countless times, Ephesians 4.11. You've got to be called to evangelism. You've got to be called to teaching. You've got to be called to being a pastor because if, you're not, if it's not your calling... And you step into it, you will fall short and fall flat on your face. You won't be effective at all. Can you tell a Muslim that his God is Satan? Can you tell a Muslim that he's heading to hell? And if he doesn't repent, like all the other sinners in the world that believe in these false gods, Hinduism, um, Buddhism and so on, that they all follow pagan gods that don't exist and Satan's the author of behind all of it. Can you tell a Muslim that? Can you tell a Muslim that... He is a child of Satan, that he's worshipping Satan, that his God is basically Satan. Can you tell a Muslim that? I guarantee you wouldn't, most of you, because you would not have that boldness and directness. That's an evangelist. An evangelist's job is not just to proclaim the truth and God's love and what he did on the cross and how much he loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life, John 3.16. It's not just that. That's 50% of it. The other 50% is warning people of the consequences to you. Like today, I was down the beach surfing and I saw a guy and I started preaching to him at this situation the Lord has set up. And he wants to know Jesus. He wants to give his life. I told him, if you meet these conditions that Jesus says, Jesus, you've got to accept that you are a sinner. You've got to accept that you need to change. You've got to accept that Jesus is going to be Lord and Savior and King and reign in your life. You're prepared to give up your life for him. Yes, yes, yes. I said, right, if that's the case... You arrange a time and I will baptize you in the sea in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remissions of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Baptize up and your walk begins with the Lord and the Spirit will enter you. This is what I can do. This is what you can do if you are an evangelist or you're a teacher or a pastor. If you are not called to anything like that, then you need to seek the Lord in prayer to find out your calling.
if you ever baptize someone, you've got to ask them questions. But I don't want to get into baptism now. I want to talk about Muslims. They are human beings like the rest of the pagans out there that are lost. And they all deserve to hear the gospel. But like this guy here, he's full of arrogance and pride. No, Allah is the only way forward. Jesus was a prophet and he was very important. No, Jesus wasn't just a prophet. He was God who was sent to die for you on the cross. This is the question they always fail on when I ask them this question. And you ask them this question as well. How does Allah deal with your sin? Now they will say Allah is merciful and he forgives us as we ask. Yes, well, we can do the same in John 1, John 1, John 1, 9. If we ask the Lord Jesus for forgiveness, if he gives us of our sins. The difference between us and them is that we are cleansed by the blood. We have been saved because he died for us. He took the penalty for sin. There had to be a holy sacrifice once and for all. And Jesus, being God, did that on the cross, which was a phenomenal act of love. Gets me very emotional when I think of that. But you think about it when you ask him this question, no, and I said to him, no, that's not the question I asked you. How does Allah deal with your sin? Sin is a thing. It's punishable by death. That's Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. If you don't have that sin dealt with, you will go to hell, everlasting torment in suffering. Because you have walked in sin. You have been born into it. You've walked in it. You've enjoyed it. You've gone along with the flesh. You've gone along with Satan and all his temptations. You've rejected righteousness. You've rejected God's holiness through his son, Jesus. You will go to everlasting torment. Read Revelation 14. What happens to those who receive the mark of the beast? They will be tormented forever. The smoke of their torment goes up and up and up forever. Telling you, basically, you're in a lot of trouble. Forever. So... They can answer a question, and they never do. And you always find them getting angry and aggressive. Why? Because they do not accept that someone died for you. Everything with them is works-based salvation. Sadly, there's parts of Christianity that is works-based salvation. A majority of Catholic Church, a majority of the Protestant movement, which is the Protestant and the Catholics, that's the two sides. If someone said to you, well, what side are you on? I don't say any side. I'm a disciple of Christ. I follow Jesus. I don't belong to a cult. I don't belong to a denomination. I belong to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I am an apostle. I am a man sent by God. Yes, I am a man who's been sent by God. Apostle is that. I'm an evangelist. I have a calling and I will execute it regardless of what people think. And I have no problems challenging anybody. I challenge a Muslim, a Buddhist, and I challenge them with love. And like I did, we had a civil conversation. But when he starts to get a bit cheeky, the spirit of God steps up in me. And he didn't like being challenged. And when I ask that question, how does Allah deal with your sin? They never have an answer. They will say on the part of the answer, well, we ask Allah to forgive us and he forgives us. So, okay, so how you could turn that around is this. Satan right. so in that case, if you've got someone raping women and he rapes a woman, asks Allah for forgiveness, he forgives. But he keeps on raping, he asks for forgiveness, he forgives. And he keeps on raping. But this time he goes to children, he starts raping children. That's called a paedophile. And some countries are legalising that. Fantastic. Guarantee most of them are Muslim. So they're going to legalise that, right? And he asks Allah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for being such a wicked, disgusting pervert. Allah goes, it's okay, it's okay, I forgive you. And then you carry on doing it again. It doesn't sound very holy and doesn't sound very just to me. Sounds very pagan. Very works-based salvation. Guess what? Their whole belief pattern is of the devil. Wickedness. Wicked. You are not going to work your way to heaven. You cannot do it. It's too. If the debt 
was to be paid off by you, it would be a hundred trillion zillion trillion trillion pounds and dollars that you could never ever pay. There's not enough money in the world to pay it. If a ladder was you had to climb to the top of the ladder to get into heaven, the ladder would be a hundred trillion zillion miles away and you still wouldn't get to the top. That's how big sin is. So it has to be dealt with wholly, perfectly, justfully. Allah doesn't offer that. Because it's works based salvation. Just look at everything they believe. If they work, work really hard and they look after their family and they worship 50 times a day, you know, and they sing a few songs and dance around in a circle, you know, God's going to let them in. No, he's not. The door's going to be shut, pal. You come to Jesus on your knees and you ask for forgiveness and you mean it from your heart, you will be forgiven. The blood cleanses you, you become born again, John 3, 5, and then you start your walk with the Lord and you keep your eyes focused on him, you read the word, you pray and you keep your eyes focused on it and he does the work in you via the spirit because you can't change yourself. That is the gospel in a nutshell. But if you don't want to change, God can't help you because you have a free will. Sorry, Calvinists over there. You do have a free will. There's tons of evidence in the New Testament. I'll give you just one right now. The five, two and one talent servant. Five went and made more. Two went and made more. What happened to number one? He had a free will to choose. He buried his talent in the ground was lazy and what did you say to him you wicked servant for i never knew you depart from me now you've got no place in me i gave you life and you spat at me bye-bye that's exactly what's going to happen to you the moment you give your life to lord you're giving your life for him and his glory you're not there to serve yourself any longer this i could just go right into that but i'm not at this moment in time the focus is the muslims i love them all dearly i know a few of them i speak to them regularly every week but they are not our brothers and sisters. They are not Christians. The Jews are our brothers and sisters. They are in darkness right now. And the Bible commands us to pray for the Jews and Israel. We are to pray for Israel. We are to love Israel. And we are to love the Jews. When I see Jews out and about, when I was yesterday when I was in town, I saw them. I smiled because God loves them. I love them. I saw some Jews the other day driving a car. This old battered car reminded me of my mum's car. And I was going along for it. Oh, that's my mum's car. And as I went past them, it was a bunch of Jews, right? And then you could see the male and the, the mum in the front with the kids in the back. And they're lovely little people, right? God still loves them. And you are commanded to love them and pray for them. You are commanded to pray for Israel. I've never been there, but I love them. And I knew straight away when I got saved that that land is my homeland. Because when you come to Jesus and you're born again, you are grafted into that great vine, John 15. And you become part of that family. Jew or Gentile that believe in Jesus are the same family. They are in darkness, the ones who don't believe in Jesus, as well as the ones in the world, the Gentiles and the rest of the world that don't believe in Jesus. They're all lost. And if they don't repent and become born again in Jesus, they're going to hell. That's the end of it. In the New Jerusalem, at the end of Revelation, Revelation 21, I believe, 22, you know, Jesus talks about, the new creation of the new earth and new Jerusalem. Them people there are the ones that have made it. Them people there are the ones who really wanted to be with Christ. Them ones there will be with God forever. And I, I get so emotional because when I think about that, I cannot wait to leave. I want to go home now. Right this second, if God says, Steve, you want to come? I'll be gone. I wouldn't even think about it. That's how I feel and that's how you should be feeling. I cannot wait to shut my eyes for the last time. If that's in persecution or in my bed when I'm sleeping, I'm going to be with my Lord forever i will be in a place of pure happiness that i can walk up to my father in heaven and be in his presence and be under his arms that's what i want this is what you should want 
1 John 1, no, sorry, John 2, 1 John 2, no, 1 John 2, verse 15, he who loves the world does not love the Father. You love anything to do with the world system and the things you were brought up in, the love for the Father is not in you. Well, sorry, 1 John 2, verse 15, that's it, 1 John 2, verse 15. So my brothers and sisters, get it straight. Muslims are not our brothers and sisters. Muslims are in darkness. Every Muslim country in the world is in darkness. Every Muslim country is in some sort of torment, some sort of chaos, because they're not following the living God. They're following Satan. All right? They might have some blessings for a time. Satan can do that. But then he takes them away. You watch Christians who are really following Christ. They're happy. See, Paul mentions this in the book of, I think it's Ephesians or Corinthians. He mentions about the traits of a Christian, that you're thankful, was it, was it, you're thankful, you're humble, and oh, there's another one, but basically your traits is, you are humble to God, you submit to him, you're thankful for what he's done for you, and that's it, you're joyful, you're joyful, you're full of love, you're full of happiness, don't get me wrong, I'm an evangelist, I am full of love, I love people. But if you want to challenge me, then you better know your scripture. And you better know that I am a man of God and I will carry that gospel forward. Just like Paul and Moses, I'll do it. Whatever it takes. So, to get it straight with all of you, Muslims are not Christians. They are people who are lost who need to hear the gospel. If they do not want to listen, walk away. That applies to anyone. And that one question was, how does Allah deal with your sin? They never give you the answer, a proper answer. They just say, oh, we ask him forgiveness, he forgives us. No, that's works. There has to be a sacrifice for your wickedness. You can't earn it. That's the end of it. It's a gift. So my brothers and sisters, I love you all dearly. And I pray to any Muslims out there, you listen to this, listen, Jesus loves you very much. I love you very much. But you will not be saved by your works. And that applies to any other pagan belief out there. You will not be saved by your works. Your works are like filthy rags. Jesus says, take them away. I don't want to know them. I want your heart. I want your repentance. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name over this message that people receive it, that people repent of their sins, and they turn to you, Jesus, that you set the standards. What you say in the New Testament goes, and everything you say we must meet. And if we love you, we will do that as you have loved us and died for us and suffered for us on the cross. I love you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father. Amen. God bless you all. Bye.